0: to Planet Poet Words in Space. I'm your host Sharon Israel and happy I'm very happy to welcome poet, editor, and publisher Jared Daniel Fagan as my in-studio guest to discuss his upcoming collection The Animal of Existence and his literary press Black Sun Lit. Hi Jared.
1: Hi Sharon. Oh, nice you, to see you.
0: Thank you so much for being here. It's really it's really a pleasure. And I'm going to read your bio. Jared Daniel Fagan is the author of The Animal of Existence, which is forthcoming from Black Square Editions in 2022. His prose poems and essays have appeared in The Brooklyn Rail, Lana Turner, Asymptote, Prelude, and Chisora, among other places. Currently residing in Arkville in the Catskills, he is the editor of Black Sun Lit a PhD student in comparative literature at the CUNY Graduate Center, and an English instructor at the City College of New York. Welcome again, Jared, and we have so much to discuss. And we're going to start with um, a discussion of your authors that you are publishing the most current publications of Black Sun Lit, um, starting with Katie uh, Mangjo, and. Um, Her book is called Apostasy. And would you start us off with reading a little bit from the book? Absolutely. Thank you.
1: The difference between the black birds and the black flies was only the distance from my lazy eye. For all I knew, the world out there was rotten. Ungrateful, he reaches in and pries. I have been woman most wretched, The earth is damp and the tulip bulbs are rotting with me. I am cross and locking eyes with evil, learning how even a lamb may be wicked. Clover and coveting fire, the white one with a body left better off abandoned. I should have been stretched out in the wet field, waiting for the snake in the grass. Vicious, and knowing little fever spreads the scent i am persuaded by war instinct dictates my rhythm
0: that's jared daniel fagan reading from apostasy by katie mongo and the book is a small beautiful book and as you read and your pauses indicate that there are just a few lines on each page. It's very impactful that way. Could you tell us a little bit about Katie Mongeau?
1: Sure. Thank um, you. So Katie Mongeau is a writer from Jacksonville, Florida. She earned her uh, MFA, I believe, in fiction uh, at Brown University. Mm-hmm. Um, and moved to New York, uh, I think, a little bit around the time Apostasy came out, which was Uh, right in the middle of covid Mm -hmm. um and apostasy is her first book Mm -hmm. and i was introduced to katie uh you know through her through her work um we had both published poems in uh, an issue i think of a now defunct journal um and you know i reached out to her you know sort of right away um and the poems that were included in the journal um uh, ended up in uh, in the collection of apostasy mm-hmm. uh, and I learned sort of later uh, she's a bit uh phantom um she's sort of here and then she's not um, and I sort of love that also about her
0: mm-hmm. It's reflected in her poetry perhaps <laughs> yes, I think so. could you tell us more about the word the title of the the book apostasy and how it echoes and reverberates through the through the book
1: apostasy of course has Um, religious and spiritual Mm -hmm. connotations, right? The abandonment of one's faith. Mm -hmm. Also, I think, in a political context. Um, But of course, here, I think um, we're talking more about the former. I think more presciently, the book, as uh, an apostatic, I don't know, renunciation, is Mm -hmm. really felt through this persistence of punishment, its timelessness, uh, its persistence, its um, sort of harrowing echo throughout the book, and after that act of renunciation. And I did also, you know, we were talking a little bit earlier, um, the importance of the strike through in the title. And I guess oh, yes. we can't see this, um, or others can't see this uh, here, but um, the title, Apostasy, as well as the author's name, uh, are crossed out. And I think this gesture marks and brings to the fore a sort of ni- negative um, kind of dialectic, right between self, past and present, um, self and other, and you know, self and world. Mm-hmm. Um, the self always sort of pitted against uh, caught intention, mm-hmm. the inflicted, the self-inflicted.
0: It, it's also it, it's like a sword through it. Also, mm-hmm. it's like the cell cut in two which is I and mean, is a very uh i don't know if it's despairing but very uh intense quality about about the book and and thank you for that um, and the second part of the book is called hostia or hostia
2: mm-hmm.
0: and um it's a host it's it's like a communion wafer, wafer or it's a sacrifice mm-hmm. and the book is her her words in that second half really, to me, uh, mean what the strike through in the in the title implies, and it's so interesting how just a line through a word can change it so completely. It's sort of a sign of, of something else.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I want to read the uh, comments on the back cover by Carol Masso, who's the the author of Ava. And she says about Katie's work, At the center of speechlessness, Katie MoJo attempts utterance recklessly, sentimentally, desperately, sometimes with erasure and cancellation, sometimes with embellishment, hanging on to the vestiges of violence, wreckage, and sensation, writing and unwriting, tending the wound at its core and I like that writing and unwriting Mm -hmm. and there's a it it has a lot of violence in it, implied violence but the the way the book is laid out, the way you laid it out as a publisher I think in conjunction with Katie it has a peacefulness about it It there's a contemplative quality about it Mm -hmm. there's a lot of space on each page Mm -hmm. so it gives the reader a different feeling would you read from the second part,
1: please? Absolutely. The fat stays on without a knife. I render me serrated for your accolade and no one else's. Into the room I stay fast, suspended. When you near the door, I pirouette from the ceiling's heavy hooks. There is an unsurpassable taste. Salt to be cured fastened to the rapture of a one rope pulley me the ceiling beams as i shake loose the plaster lemon bleached for tender frolic how i am remembered the flora still sticky to my new courageous feet forgetful like at the market soil becomes mud with spit slipping pass your teeth, to me.
0: That's powerful. It's Jared Fagan reading from Katie Morjo's uh, Apostasy, and that's well. That's definitely as the, the speaker's body as sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And um, again, it's the line through the the title, <laughs> viscerally desc- depicted.
1: And I love that, Sharon. Um, and I'm so glad. How you articulate that, like a sword. Um, and there's sort of a medieval quality, yes. I think, to this book as well. And, you know, the tending the wound at its core, um, you, you know, this isn't a negation um, as a sort of positive healing from some kind of trauma, right? Because there's trauma, I think, um, laced throughout the book. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's with the strike through the announcement of a scar right that mm. doesn't go away
2: mm-hmm.
1: right again after the the act of trauma right or the act of renunciation mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i think that's really uh that's really interesting
0: very throughout this, this is the beauty of the language mm-hmm. which belies the violence and mm-hmm. the you know what do you do with that beauty that that beauty is the almost the saving the saving quality of it um, so you can never just count the beauty of the sound, right? <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, you have to sort of temper the violence in some way, yeah. um, but not lose the violence, right?
0: No, but that that idea of the body as the human body as sacrifice—I was very struck by that. Mm-hmm. And
1: uh, I think—and you said before um, the host, mm-hmm. right? And I think that always comes with its other, the parasite. Um, That's right. So one's ecstasy is also one's pain. And with the, the wafer, there's, of course, consumption, right, mm-hmm. uh, especially in the passage that you know we just read, mm-hmm. um, the salt, the, the tenderness. And so sacrifice, you know, when is sacrifice too much? right? When does it become surfeit or excessive
0: mm-hmm. um, or total?
1: right? Or yeah, or absolute.
0: It's interesting you mentioned the word ecstasy because to me it's like apostasy. It's mm-hmm. the it's the opposite of it, but it's so related.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, it sounds the, the two sound very nice yeah. together.
0: <laughs> and then the next poet that you have published, I wonder if you could introduce her and her and the upcoming launch of her book I am writing you from afar.
1: Um so I'll just read maybe her bio. Okay. Um which is, I think, a poem in itself. Yes. <laughs> um, Moina Pamdick, a.k.a. Lou Moina Regoire Pamdick et al., is the author of Moira of Edges, Moira the Tart, This is the Fugitive, Metaphysical Licks, and Delinquent. Her novel graphic, I am writing you from afar, belongs, with Edges, to the In Progress Evasions trilogy. A triad that links spare art, fix spec, and pert abstractive saints. Also, an artist and philosopher, Dick lives in New York City, where she explores transient structures, veridical, temporal, sonic, spatial, etc. Obsessive formalisms, haunted intertexts, cluster semantics, and the invulner- Excuse me, and the vulnerable, moody, tender urban sublime. Her slyly unruly tone-shifting notations span the genre gender spectral
0: that's great that's that is a very interesting (laughs) Uh, she calls the the book a novel graphic instead Mm -hmm. of a graphic novel Mm -hmm. but it, it it twists it very nicely i can tell that she's being very precise about what she she does although there's a tremendous ephemeral quality about what she is what she is doing um and I am writing you from afar, it, and there's you had mentioned to me as I as I saw in the title that the U is also struck out
2: mm-hmm. there,
0: and that's very important to the book. If you want, uh, why don't we just read a little bit? If you would read from the beginning, sure. Thank you.
1: It's impossible to know how to continue. A wall of lucite between myself and the others. Everything. Of glass? My point already blunted, sharpness dissembled, when yellow. The ice cracks and some of us go instantly deaf. I hear a constant ticking, leaves ticking, leaves of finitude's clock. What does hearing have to do with eternity? This cave that is a tree house Using one eye for distance One for nearness Yet the simultaneity untenable Now each moment I must choose The good distance versus the bad distance The temporal or spatial distance Here the birds of prey From elsewhere Threatening We are the dead ones among the living or the inverse vultures or falcons to enter the emptiness you must become emptiness but how to evict all the warring there's warring everywhere remove the brightness from the fantasy threat to turn to ice then to dissolve spiritual alchemy but the brightness a danger a constant, insidious whirring, putting a hand over your mouth, arriving here to the sound of metal clattering, the steady motion reverberation, against that, a positing of stillness, or using your hand to peel away your mouth as superficial wound, still an exigency of breathing the bad emptiness versus the good emptiness, the dead emptiness versus the God emptiness. Henri, how I wish that you would travel to Gill with us mm-hmm. the way the story dictated, the taking of water, the demand to make the blackness be fawn.
0: That's uh, Jared Fagan reading from Moine-Pam Dix. I am writing you from afar. And uh, the title echoes that of Henri Michaud, who she writes to in the book, when she says, Dear Henri, um, is Henri Michaud, who's who wrote a poem called I Am Writing to You from a Far Off Country. And uh, the poem is, it's an epistolary poem, or um, he, she's just she's just writing to him and a lot of his work, when I was reading his poetry by translated by Richard Elman, it makes you very uncomfortable. As Elman said, to read Michaud is to be uncomfortable, mm-hmm. and to read uh, Pam Dick is to be uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> so, but she puts the contrast. And um, I wanted to read a, um, well, let me just say that uh, Pam Dick has has epigraphs at the beginning of the book, and two of them are in French by Henri Mochot. And this is, uh, the first is, um, it's from something called Postface, Face, uh, which is uh, translated by Richard uh, Seabirth. Self, all in caps, makes itself up out of everything. A shift of inflection within a phrase. Is this another self attempting to make its appearance? If the yes, all caps, is mine, is no, all caps, a second me. And would you talk about that in terms of what she's trying to do in the what she does in this in this writing, Jared?
1: Yeah, um you know, I think yes and no are sort of unsplit here. Um and the splitting um, I think is really important to the book. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again I think we should as you bring up, Sharon, um, calling attention to the strike through of the U. Um, so, yes and no, I think um, this is an epistolary um, address to Henri Michaud, but I think here the strike through suggests a motion uh, from this intimate apostrophe or address mm-hmm. to Henri Michaud um, into something more abstract, um, solitary, and distant. Mm-hmm. And this uh, suits, I think, the progression of the book. There are also strike throughs within the text mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. So the intertextual aspect is, of course, um, important, but we need to also consider this gesture of escape and how uh, one escapes when the sort of agreement and disagreement of the yes and no or the self, right, made up of everything, um, you know, how is that possible, right?
0: How to identify it and, 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 and disidentify from it. Mm-hmm. it. It reminds me of the Beckett, I'm, I, I can't go on, I must go on, mm-hmm. in a way.
2: Yeah. Know.
1: And also um, uh, Rambaud's, um, you know, mm-hmm. I is another,
2: mm-hmm. right?
1: You know, sometimes the poem can suggest that it comes from, you know, someplace else or from afar and outside us, but also within us, right? And, you know, that I, that is another can also be the i right if that makes any sense it, it can also be the self addressing yes. the self or yes. readdressing the yes. self
0: yes and because um, the you the cross at the strike out of the you is implies that it's no longer you it's mm-hmm. to me it's her mm-hmm.
2: or yes the, the speaker yeah i
0: hesitate to call it her you know to, to pam dick because it's always the speaker is always a little different in the in the Poem, or the what would you call, would you call this a long poem or it's a novel?
1: Yeah, you know, I think it's it's a bit of everything. Um, yeah, it's plurilingual. It's sort of a hybrid of narrative fragments, um, philosophical mysticism, mm-hmm. um, art writing, the sort of spare, condensed poetic lines, sort of semi aphoristic. I think, but I know that the presence or presentation of the novel or The book which is also a novel um but it's a novel graphic right so i think pam is calling attention to the object its malleability um a little bit of play right between the different genres Mm -hmm. um, and it's an artist's book i think um and i think that's where the graphic element comes into play
0: it's also a musician's book Mm -hmm. because she has a character in there who she also addresses um Mortoni and I'm, I'm looking up Mortoni i like, is he? And then I see the reference, of course in the beginning there's an epigraph by Morton Feldman mm-hmm. and uh, I said that's Mortoni! <laughs> and that was that was quite wonderful, the way she just makes everything her own in this alchemy, alchemic stew that she creates.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And we I think we have time for you to read um, another, a couple of passages, one to illustrate why it might might be possible for it to continue and then we can maybe hear a little Morton Feldman and you can read some more against his music. It would be great.
1: Absolutely. Um, it's about time and truth, then inevitability about silence and language or interior or private language or mystical aphasia like dripping off the corner of the chair into an idiolect, a monolect. But God could also speak it? If I could invent a new language, would its emptiness be filled with God? Each language nestles around its own particular void, dissembles its own emptiness. The saint's imagery of crown, lily, sword, fetters, lamp. It oppresses me. Why? They roll away the stage sets. The unreality is bright today. Do I exist today? Anyway, I am not an authentic existent. Why does the brightness, your brightness, scare away the vampires?
0: <laughs> That's kind of funny also. It's great. Mm-hmm. It's so beautiful. And, you know, I, as a, a dear friend said to me, he says, the older he gets, the, the stupider a reader he is. That is, he doesn't read so much for meaning at first. Mm-hmm. He reads reads for pleasure and for sound washing over him, which I think is a wonderful way to read, because uh, it's it, this is to be really ex- experienced.
1: Mm-hmm. I think Sharon, that's how all books should be read.
0: Yes, I really think so. This is what Pam has at the beginning of the book, also, and this is how she she brings so much. so so many genres and so many forms of art. The anxiety of art is a special condition and actually is not an anxiety at all. Though it has all the aspects of one, it comes about when art becomes separate from what we know, when it speaks with its own emotion. And that's Morton Feldman, The Anxiety of Art. I'm just going to start playing some of the Morton Feldman and just come in for a couple of minutes and start and read some of Pam's words, if you would.
1: Sure, um, and I'll to, um, try to. I'll,
0: I'll cue you in. It's going to start right now. Okay. There it goes.
1: If to light, to pattern, break, refract, what's needed, iterate the, ivory, blanc. Direct to weight is angled black as hair to thread set intersection set of three in fourth the time how signs to this what is alien place ooh long lonk or two stroke soft deuce to fading once attack maze diffract inked reflect when light this as translucence, light in, silence, truth schematic, or is slant, is sight, is slit.
0: I think that was quite beautiful.
1: (laughs) Thank you. You know, Pam is um, an incredible performer. Um, and it's difficult. I know the lines, the poem here is punctured by lines which are intended to, I don't know, not symbolize, but help us breathe.
0: Yeah, and it worked beautifully mm-hmm. with the Feldman, and you did it really well.
1: Thank you. I tried to yeah. you know, do do them justice.
0: <laughs> it, the second part of of the, of the book is much more fragmented than the first with all this space, so you really captured that, and I could tell her... The way um, Morton, she has sort of absorbed Morton into her <laughs> her um, way of working, which is great. The piece by Morton Feldman that she talks about is the viola in my life, and you said that the the uh, cover the cover has a viola in it. That was Morton Feldman's concept.
1: Yeah, it's um, well, the, the cover of I am writing you from afar is. Um, sort of a player or or somewhat of an imitation on uh, Feldman's score the viola in my life Um, so it's very minimal but also geometric and and sharp Mm -hmm. too and I think that's a big part of of Pam's book as well
0: and she plays with the viola in my life She says the violet dans ma ma vie Mm -hmm. Uh, and then le violon in her life the violet in her life so Mm -hmm. it's really great so you are a poet in your own right um, aside from you, know, we will talk about publishing and your Black Sun Litten in, in a few moments, but you have a new book coming up in 2022 called The Animal of Existence, which is an intense title. <laughs> Thank you. It's <laughs> a great title. Thank you. Would you read Yearns, a poem from the collection?
1: Yes. Lullaby chimes for a kiss trapped in my lungs Send respiration into atrocity language You must pry for pauses The suspicious instances of gone most arrivals I have that itch again, and I smoke near the hearth Wearing my striped sweater, sucking also at a cough drop My mind is frayed, firing menthol into my eyes to combat the combustion I feel against words. Each of my words dwindles its inheritance. In whose state am I, your summer monolith? Singed chrysalis, sighing the rune of blind monarchs into swine etiquette. The pious posture of wallow and wilt Inaugurates my sprawling of narrative debt. The dehumanized is all too human, and I'm not, excuse me, and I am a part of you, ineligible to be loved. My entrances are a revolving door. The muse enters without the mantle of her matriarchal melos. The momentum teases the simultaneous exit. My sick lips are inoculated and shocked into an audition for you. Mine is the form that crisis takes. The hearth is warm with harm and outfitted with the nearest shape of a sorrow. Imagine a throw rug decorated with the teardrops of kindling Imagine androgynous exhaust performing ballets up the chimney. Imagine the concierge counting the revolutions of your undying denouement. What is the plot of the inferno ceremony? Who is there to worship now that you've bled out from pig cupid's arrow? Imagine an encounter that goes unreported by language.
0: That was Jared Daniel Fagan reading his poem Yearns from the forthcoming his forthcoming collection The Animal of Existence Am I right in saying that's a prose poem? Sonically it's it's wonderful Singed chrysalis sighing the rune of blind monarchs into swine etiquette and if you just listen to that there's so much internal rhyme and beautiful assonance and it's lovely and also the androgynous exhaust performing ballets up the chimney it's filled with things like that and um, but yet you talk about to combat the combustion I feel against words and imagine an encounter that goes unreported by language could you talk a little bit about that?
1: Yeah I'm just sort of fascinated with the prose poem and you know genres are traditionally experienced right or that experience is already sort of um, available to us, right? We read prose, we read, Mm -hmm. I don't know, a newspaper, a novel, whatever it may be. We read a poem, we're looking for specific devices or Mm -hmm. tropes. Mm -hmm. And these genres are always sort of categorized by their use, right, of speech or language. Mm. And so I wanted to get away from this sort of produced experience of the text, right, that's been preconditioned since... I know, people were writing on caves maybe and here i was more interested in 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 the disuse of language its poverty and so it's all for me about surface and appearance but also depth and sort of throwing off right what it is we might invest in you know a poem free verse mm-hmm. uh, a plan an ode an elegy mm-hmm. whatever I'm sort of trying to be as uh, subversive as I can be um, with language and form.
0: But yet, the beauty of the language is there. And that's something, is that a part? That's a thing apart mm-hmm. in a way.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, going back to your friend Sharon, who reads for pleasure, um, and you, I think, very kindly call attention to the assonance and um, the sonic associations. So- Uh, This is all very, really important to me. Um, If I'm writing prose and I'm not telling a story, right, um, what else is there? Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And so, you know, when people write novels, I don't know, maybe most people, maybe no people. um, You know, I always see um, novelists who have their desk in their room and they have their entire book planned out, tacked to the walls. And they're collaging and doing all these things, um, which is great. But I think I'm becoming more interested in spontaneity um, and not having control,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right? And when we were talking about Pam earlier, um, the impossibility or possibility to continue um, language in existence, you know, to name something is precisely to control it, right? And and that's sort of, um, I'd rather that's lose true. control, you know?
0: And it has a beautiful movement to it movement is is important, and that that sort of you have to relinquish some control in order to move mm-hmm. and language has its linearity line, what linearity or um, has its has its uh, downside and mm-hmm. its its confinement
1: Yeah, so that's a big part of it for me um the frame the containing frame Mm -hmm. of prose Mm -hmm. right again i'm interested in depth what's within the frame um but at the same time the poetry of i don't know a poem in prose is always meeting that frame right it's encountering that limit um and that's precisely what i think for me gives it its uh energy i don't know
0: it's meeting at the edge right the mm-hmm. edge is, is has much a lot of energy
1: mm-hmm.
0: i was uh, talking to a, um, a psychologist who talks about fractals mm. and the energy in the fractal uh, in between the fractals mm-hmm. the edges of them and they're in the mind too i can't i don't really understand quite what you saying, but i got the gist of it you know the energy at the at the edge is very important and you bring the same, that same energy to what you choose to publish. Uh, could you talk about how you started um, the literary press, Black Sun Lit? A little bit about the title.
1: Mm-hmm. So I think like all um, things worth doing, um, Black Sun began as a way to sort of, I think, fill a gap or what I thought was a need. Um, something that was lacking,
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, and I had started Black Sun uh, a very long time ago with a friend of mine uh, who's also a poet, and we conceived this idea of articulating a or curating a, a, a catalog or um, sort of a coterie of writers with shared sensibilities, which evolve around this idea of beauty, mm-hmm. aesthetics, mm-hmm. Um, and not necessarily guided by you know commercial interests, right? Because who makes money doing anything uh,
2: exactly
1: <laughs> um, so yeah there's that part of it and um, you know the the meaning of the name sort of changes I think you know the two of us had ideas um, and those ideas I think as I keep doing this continue to evolve right and I think you mentioned um, Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And I had never thought about that, and I was wondering if you were thinking—are are you thinking about "zone," the poem "zone"?
0: Um, you had told me when I when we first oh, met oh, did I? a while ago <laughs> that that was the origin, but I I think that's probably what you, may, what you meant. Yes.
1: Well, I you think. know, <laughs> yeah, no, it's probably highly, very likely that I <laughs> that I said that to you when we first met. Um, <laughs> you know, there's the decapitated son, right? Or. Mm. Um, what is it? The uh, Soleil Coucoupe, um, mm-hmm. which has been translated by so many amazing writers and in, into different things. Um, so maybe, yeah, maybe that's part of it. Um, also, of course, the original Black Sun Press by Harry Crosby. Okay. Um, Baudelaire's Black Sun, where he discusses beauty as um, not desire or something that inspires life, but. Um, rather you know a wish i'm quoting a wish to die slowly and this is in his poem the desire mm-hmm. to paint mm-hmm. and as you mentioned earlier alchemy too is i think part of it the alchemical process of turning something base like coal or mm-hmm. lead into something beautiful um so that's about in a very symbolist and surrealist and psychological maybe mm-hmm. um bachelardian uh, sense Exteriorizing um, The mental anguish And Turning it into something Mm. Beautiful
0: It reminds me of Pam's writing too Where she talks Mm -hmm. about the The shadows and the light And the Again at the edge These things are at the edge Mm -hmm. And Sort of I get the The visual of an eclipse With the light at the
2: edge
1: Mm. Again And that's where I think uh, Apollinaire's Um decapitated sun is. Maybe that's where it comes from, right? The sun which is setting or rising and the horizon sort of, I don't know, takes its head off. Mm.
0: Oh. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Also you have a a journal that you've been doing since the beginning, I believe called Vestiges. Mm -hmm. And you have, as part of the title, Lacunae. Now could you describe that place? It's very fitting about what what you, it is you, you do and try to publish and publish
1: yeah uh, the lacunae is also um, somewhat mixed with the biological and I think the emotional um, and again I think I'm always thinking about mixtures and mm-hmm. the combinatory mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. bringing things together that maybe shouldn't be mm. um, but when I think of uh, lacunae or the gap uh, I'm thinking of both um, an opening right but, but also an emptiness you know again it's always sort of about filling that gap or at least excavating something you know and things get buried all the time even after they've been dug up um, so you know the vestiges the traces of things that, uh. that remain um, and that comes from Donald Barthelme
0: okay <laughs> why don't you read another one of your poems perhaps from the book or whatever you'd like jared
1: sure um no, i'll read an older prose poem this has been on my mind because i've been having some lately really uh invigorating discussions with uh, a sort of hero and mentor of mine and she loves this poem so i'm going to read it it's called on a thornbed of neon mm-hmm. and was written mostly while in transit walking or on the train so a lot of this has to do with the interims and spontaneity and, and in-betweenness i dreamt upon a thorn bed of neon a strip tease of tremble frayed fluorescence the world was not all so beautiful that sleep mattered what only seemed possible was comatose My fingertips lavish the starry night of my palm, purling into beads. Briar print hums honeycomb laurel, a hive vulgar effulgence. I lose a letter against burning noontides. Dusk escapes my chandeliers. On a thornbed of neon, I dreamt devastated odes. I dreamt only that resumed the luminous fiber of condensation consonant windows. I dreamt, rather I lied, a rose of tried grasps and needs. I lied punctured epileptic sign, a beggar of withered bouquets and crowns. An invitation, open, trying mites that fail, a triumph of my metaphysic. On a Thorbed of neon, I lied slant asleep. Light and I breathed us in, to each's trepidation. A glow was crimson, I think of all those perhapses. That I will stop breathing I rise barbed To stamp my signature I lied awake A light bulb Absently The world is beautiful After all
0: That's Jared Daniel Fagan Reading his poem On a thorn bed of neon And you end with The world is beautiful after all And uh, there's after all of this devastation, <laughs> I like that so much. Thank you. On a thorn bed of neon, you, it's visual. I see the thorns as, as lit. Mm-hmm. And so it's a very almost cinematic image with the withered bouquets and crowns and the crown of thorns. I see it. I see it glowing. Mm-hmm. And um, one of my favorite lines is, Dusk escapes my chandeliers. At first, it seems sort of a, realis- uh, a surrealistic um, uh, phrase, but then it's it's so specific that the chandelier is lighted, but dusk escapes. It's just, it, it, it has so much movement and, and um, interest to it. Uh,
2: wow! Thank, thank you. you.
0: And when did you write this poem?
1: Hmm. Um, I'm not sure exactly. I want to say, you know, I started writing more, um, brevetously prose poems, maybe properly, um, a few years ago. And it was really all about my surroundings, you know, my time, um, what I had time to do. Mm -hmm. And so, as I mentioned earlier, you know, a lot of this writing was between things um which is why it's so short so i want to say maybe that all started uh when i started graduate school um which was 2016 Mm -hmm.
0: or so i was going to ask you how you how you balance your life as a poet publisher teacher husband person
1: (laughs) wow um i don't know i don't know if i do (laughs) um it's very difficult um
0: especially now i mean with the the pandemic Mm -hmm. sort of winding down but it's it's quite traumatic anyway
1: yeah you know and i'm such a sort of creature i i find comfort in doing the same thing over and over again every day Mm -hmm. forever um and i love libraries and i haven't been able to go them to them Mm -hmm. and um you know i haven't for my doctorate i've haven't you know, I finished my coursework, like, a, over a year ago, and so I'm not going to the classroom, mm-hmm. like, you know, the same day every every week. Um, so that's been challenging as well. Um, but...
0: Do you have more time for your writing now, or...?
1: I'm not sure about <laughs> more time. Um, I, I think it's about shuffling the time, and, you know, priorities shift, mm-hmm. right, um, you know...
0: Uh, well, we are, believe it or not, running out of time, and yes. I want to just say, if you want to hear more about Jared Daniel Fagan's work and Black Sun Lit, um, you can go to blacksunlit.com, dot com
1: or
0: is dot com. Where is that your Yeah,
1: that's that's uh, that's your website. Y- something like that.
0: Uh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the the Black Sun Lit website is absolutely beautiful. I encourage everybody to visit and thank you so much for being on the show it's been a great pleasure beautiful work and best of luck thank you hope to see you back
1: thank you thank you